Hi, this is Josh Burrows, and welcome to Sunshine and Brain, Episode 2, part of the Perry Veritas Network. Um, nice to nice to see you. <laughs> I don't really, obviously I don't see you. I'm watching you. Every single person who's listening to this podcast, you need to know you are being watched by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My song knows what you do at night or whatever, <laughs> where that song goes that my daughters listen to. Anyway, how's everybody? Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. This is episode two. Um, of course, as we all know, this isn't really episode two. We have an episode zero, which we all know is episode one. So therefore, this episode two is really actually episode three. But you know what? Fuck it. We're going to call it episode two. Uh, this is a podcast about, um, you know, sort of bringing the struggles and challenges of uh, mental illness and inner turmoil, as we say, to the water cooler. Uh, I'm realizing today that uh, that's, that's, a, that's a ridiculous metaphor and it's not going to work anymore. And the reason is, is because... You know what? Like this podcast is meant to be a long form conversation. The water cooler is not for long form conversations. You know what I mean? Like uh, if this was going to be about the water cooler conversation, then this podcast would have to be like 10 to 12 minutes long. <laughs> so maybe the water cooler is not exactly the right, uh, the right place, the right metaphor. But maybe instead of the water cooler, you know, maybe it's like the, the dining room table or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like, uh, or like the restaurant. Yeah, or or maybe we should just say like bringing it to the light because the podcast is fucking called Sunshine and Brain. So since sunshine is a word in there, it's uh, bringing it to the light. So anyway, yeah, as I was saying, this is the podcast where we take conversations about mental illness and inner turmoil and we bring it to the light. Um, and uh, this is uh, our episode number two. Um, in this episode, I'm going to be talking with a guy I've known for a really, really long time. You have to go outside of biological family to get to folks who I've known for longer than this guy. Uh, this is an old high school friend of mine named Andre Joseph Martin. Um, I call him Dre. We're calling him Dre forever. Um, he's uh, one of the best guys I know, one of the best guys I've ever known, hands down, no question. Um, I'm going to point you to his website um, right now and also at the end of this little introductory introduction thing. Um, just so you know where to go to check him out. He's a, he's a really, really talented artist. Um, and uh, um, if you've I've never seen his art before, it, he's, he's well worth checking out. And he's definitely out there for commission. Just andrejosephmartin.com. It's easy. andrejosephmartin.com. You can actually find him um, on Instagram as well under andrejosephmartin, um, which is amazing because... How is it possible that there that there are you know that few Andre Joseph Martins out there? <laughs> he doesn't have to put any numbers at the end, but he's the only Andre Joseph Martin. He's the only he's the only Andre Joseph Martin for me, if I'm being honest. But in any case, um, yeah, you can check out his art on uh, Instagram. Um, also, artist Andre. Um, it's the same thing. So either one of those should take you there, or AndreJosephMartin.com. Um, so look at uh, before we get into the episode, just check it in. You know, how's everybody doing? Um, you know, how are you feeling? How are you handling self-isolation right now? You know, how are you feeling about everything? Are you able to, you know, keep it together? Are you really struggling? Are you, um, you know, finding solace in some alone time or, um, or really having a hard time with it? Or maybe it's a combination of all of it. That's, um, it's definitely where I'm at, you know. Um, I mean, isn't it always the case that 
know, every gift is also, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a strange curse at the same time. Right. And you know how that tends to work together and hand in hand. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's where it is for me, for sure. You know, there are times when I'm really glad for, you know, the ability to kind of find some time alone and this is just what everyone's doing. Uh, but then there are times when the anxiety just kind of overtakes. Um, and, uh, especially, you know, especially now, um, you know, looking into, uh, um, you know, just how long this, this might be, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sitting down here and it's the beginning of April and for all I know, we could be in quarantine until March and I mean, until, uh, until June or beyond most of the science I'm reading now is talking about how this might be more of a rolling thing where we kind of ease our way out of self-isolation and social distancing for a little bit, but then jump back into it. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So it's hard to, hard to figure out what to prepare for here, I think is what the, what the challenge is. Uh, but in any case, uh, I'm definitely having a good time putting together these podcasts. Hopefully, um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, you've also seen uh, our jokes podcast that we uh, recorded an episode of and should be going up here pretty soon. And um, hopefully you're liking all the content that is being created by the Perry Veritas Network. And you're telling your friends. Um, pretty soon I'm going to have an email address that I can share with you. And so if you have uh, questions or have uh, take issue with anything that's said on the podcast or just want to join the conversation in some way, you can feel free to reach out to me there and I'll um, you know respond to you or read your, read your email on the podcast and talk about it. Uh, but in any case, uh, um, yeah, so this is a, a really nice, I mean, I really enjoyed recording this episode with Dre. I mean, I've known this guy for a long time. We don't talk all the time. You know, we'll go months and months and months and sometimes even longer than a year or a couple of years between conversations even. But whenever we talk, we just kind of pick up where we left off. I've always appreciated that in a friend where there's no judgment in terms of, you know, how often we talk. Um, we just love each other. When we connect, we connect as if it's, you know, as if we talk all the time. Um, you know, uh, we definitely get into some pretty tough topics with him. Uh, his story, as you'll hear, is one of, you know, dealing with sort of the, the two-headed horn, two-headed, you know, two-horned bull of uh, both uh, chronic physical pain and then, you know, the um, issues with depression and anxiety that often come along with that and uh, the particular struggles that, you know, he had in terms of, you know, finding his way to a healthy space and finding his way to the right treatments and, you know, everything else. So we definitely dive into, you know, some great topics there. And I think the conversation is really good. But then even beyond that, you know, we kind of allow ourselves to veer off the topic um, and definitely spend some time talking about things like vegetarianism and stuff like that. And so, you know, I really like that we have a chance to, um, you know, take these conversations elsewhere as well, you know, just depending on what feels like we need to talk about, you know, depending on how we're, um, how we're kind of progressing in the conversation to just give ourselves the room to be able to talk about different things. So I hope you enjoy that part of the conversation too. But in any case, uh, yeah, uh, definitely check out Andre's art. Um, I hope you like this uh, episode. Oh, and by the way, uh, Andre has the deepest voice known to known to humankind. Like it's, it's, it's one note above the poop sound. So you may, you may want to just, you may want to listen to this podcast in the bathroom. If I'm being honest, you may want to just put yourself right down on the toilet. You know what I mean? And then just pop open your phone and 
get this podcast started because you just never know. He might he might hit that note and then and then you're all just going to shit yourselves. In any case, uh, I hope uh, I hope you're good. Um, I hope you're healthy and safe. You have people to talk to, and um, yeah, hope you enjoy this episode. So again, his uh, website is andrejosephmartin.com. And uh, without further ado, here is Andre Joseph Martin. Roll it. Yo, Dre. Yo, Josh. What's good? <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, same old, same old. Terrible. Same old, same old. Terrible. And yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Uh, we're definitely gonna get into that. But first things first. I you know I just gotta say I I I did not take the time this time around and talking to you to do the math in terms of how long we've been friends. Um, yeah, I feel and, like and it's I'm probably at the time point. in general. <laughs> but if we're backing it up to. Uh, 1992. Good lord, good lord. Isn't that what we're backing it up to? Or 91? We even admit that on tape. Like, (laughs) we're getting old, man. You, you are aware this isn't a tape, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're old enough. You're old enough. Old enough to know what tape is, and people listening to it like tape. What are they doing? Like, are they tying each other up right now? Is this a BDSM podcast? What's happening? (laughs) <laughs> yep, this is a BDSM podcast. <laughs> they have the entire episode to figure to figure out which one of us is the top. <laughs> exactly. Well, at least that way it would have way better ratings, anyway. <laughs> I, it might. It might. You never know. I don't know what, what. I mean, if you were to compare and contrast the size of population that would be interested in a BDSM podcast versus the size of the population that would be interested in just a fucking sad podcast about people's problems. Yeah, yeah, Where does yeah, the number, yeah. uh, you know? Well, it's weird. It might be equal. I'm, I'm sure there's way more depressed people than BDSM people, but the That's BDSM true. would definitely have more traffic because it's more curiosity. I bet they enjoy talking about it more than the depressed people enjoy yeah. talking about it. Although I'll, I will gladly put myself in both communities. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Although that is not something we've ever experienced as friends. But I was going to say, how how many people, you know, I never thought about this before, but am I the only person that you have that yo Josh greeting to? Or is that just like how you say hi to everybody? Uh, you and one other person. Uh, it's one other person? Yeah, one other Fucking person. Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the J. It's you I, think it's the, I think it's the J because I do the same thing with Joe. But with him, it's ah. because it's like the old cartoon. It's like the Yo Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Mine's like the Jewish version of that. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would be Yo Yo Yosh or something like that. <laughs> It'd be Oi. It'd be Oi, oi Josh. Gosh. It'd just be reversed. Yeah. Oi, <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh my god um but yeah I, I think if we back it up far enough because if you figure 1990 we've, we started hanging out when i think i was in like 10th or 11th grade yeah that's which funny. that would mean like 91 92 or so so that puts our friendship at i don't know math it's 2020 30 30 years 30 years Dre. 30 fucking years and and we still 30 years we still haven't learned our lesson after this long no 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 we do manage to figure it out like we you know just won't talk for a bunch of months yeah. uh you know and that, that's when we're getting it right you know and then uh inevitably some fucked up shit happens with one of us and then we just have to be in touch and talk for a while 
<laughs> basically, yes. Yeah, basically. In the bizarre basically, so, Yeah, yeah. So you definitely qualify as my my oldest friend. There's no question. Um, hand, wow. Hands down, definitely. And you came, you know, your uh, um, friendship of me came at a time when, you know, I was... I was a year in, but still pretty new in a school and definitely was not connecting to anybody. Um, and both of us, I think, felt a connection, like just in the hallway, walking past each other. We always say like we were we were peace buddies before we were actual yeah, buddies. Eternally <laughs> just throwing up peace signs until that one yep. <laughs> teacher just came and like put us together, basically. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you guys keep saying hi, but neither of you actually decide to hang out with each other. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Shows, shows how, oh, how much geez. geniuses we were. Is she still alive? This is Mrs. Knight, right? I have no idea. I'm like so not in contact with anyone ever on any level of life. <laughs> I could I could be because my mom ended up teaching in Goshen for a bunch of years That's and great. she kept up. I think Mrs. Knight is still alive. I think she might be retired, but I, I have to ask mom. I have to ask mom. They actually just lost um, this uh, woman um, who was a uh, library at the intermediate school in Goshen. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom let me know she died of fucking coronavirus um yeah yeah just totally awful i guess it's hit goshen pretty hard because uh you know there's a lot of traffic from the city up there there's definitely way more cases than is being reported yeah yeah for sure it's really scary but anyway all right so uh this is where we start so obviously uh you and i are friends so we have to shoot the shit at least a little bit in the beginning (laughs) but uh but the basic format here is we'll start by just doing a quick little check-in you know see how each other is doing um and uh just sort of see how we're feeling right now and that'll you know hopefully give us a nice little barometer to kind of keep track of each other as we have a conversation that could feel emotional at times um and obviously with me and you you know we've got permission to laugh and you know uh you know get louder get quieter whatever it is um that we have to do but uh but we'll start by checking in and then um you know i'll just let you know now that when we get into you know really sharing stories that obviously you set the boundaries in terms of what you want to share how much you want to share uh, like i said to you before off air if you want to you know just this is the time to drop names you know yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, prob- but, like, I, pro- I probably won't because like, at this point like well uh, I blame myself for everything. So, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I can relate to that. I can relate to that pretty hard. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, obviously you decide that stuff. And then, sure, um, sure. and then when we finish recording, I'll put together the whole episode, then I'll send it to you first. And then yeah. you get obviously veto power. So whatever everyone is listening to, they understand that, you know, we've set the boundaries. We've had a chance to listen through everything and we've right. had a chance to veto anything that was, that would, that would have been put on Spotify and everywhere yeah, else. So that uh, accidentally says a name and later i'm like yeah maybe we don't want that name we can just bleep that out or we don't want the name. That, that that's right. too late <laughs> <laughs> too late it's too out late. it's in the ether too late <laughs> all right so first things first man so you said you're feeling terrible are, are you being glib there or for real you're feeling terrible no uh it's it's a it's a bit of both it's weird so uh there's some things that are going great but there's like some, yeah. some things that are e- eternally going wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is like yeah. inescapable no matter how good yeah. the external circumstances so my, yeah my big thing is um chronic pain sufferer so it's like this yeah. annoying uh uh roommate that's like with you <laughs> no matter how great the rest of your day is going <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so it's just a constant there. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm 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 doing all right right now. I mean, um, it's definitely one of those things where you know, being a person who deals with depression during the coronavirus, and I think you can relate to this. It's like dumping out your toolbox and uh, then telling you to build a house with just like a fucking screwdriver and a wrench, you know, and you, and you, and you need the different size, uh, and, but you don't, you just got like a Phillips head, you know, it's like a little too large for anything you put in there. So uh, um, it's sort of like that, you know, where um, everyone's indoors, no one's allowed to be out, uh, which a part of me definitely enjoys, but a big part of me really needs to have more human content. Yes. Um, so uh, figuring out how to balance this is definitely a real fascinating challenge, but right now I'm doing all right. Right now I'm doing all right. I know later on tonight when I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm going to be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a, for most of my life, it was here. These weird things talking about sleep for the vast majority of my life. I've just been a non-sleeper. It's been like the bane of my existence. And then yeah, uh, I, know. I was able to conquer it somewhat for maybe a year recently, but now huh. <laughs> the recent events, including this virus, it's got me stressed enough where I'm like wait back to it, not able to sleep again. Conquered it for like a whole bleeding year. That's it. Like was that last year? Last that, year, yeah, last year it? I conquered it. Although for me, conquering it was like yes, five hours a night, like amazing, <laughs> amazing, reliable five hours. But that's like a breakthrough when you're like your normal is like two hours, miracle. Two, two hours yeah. like a miracle. Two. I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> five hours. You wake up ready to run a marathon in five hours. Yeah, yeah. You wake up ready to run a marathon, but then you know, twenty minutes later, you're like, "Oh my god, I need my third coffee." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, was that last year, by the way, that you had this? You had the full year of sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much is last year. So I, I chalked that up to the to the woman. I to give to the credit. woman. Yeah, I chalked that up to her. She gets credit for that. Just like I told oh, her, man, she, gets credit, she gets credit for my my hair finally growing again, but also credit for it starting to turn gray. So, <laughs> your hair started growing again. Your hair hasn't grown in thirty years. Exactly, it started growing again. Yeah. <laughs> Come alive! Um, oh man, I can't wait to hear more about her. So, all right, well, look, let's let's get to her. Let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, uh, the question of where your story begins, obviously any, anyone and everyone can answer that a little bit differently. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask it and sit back and listen. So, you know, you've oh. dealt with a lot of inner struggle. Where does your story begin? Oh man, that's a, that's a big question. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess for me, everything goes way, way, way back. Uh, so let's, let's start with the constant, uh, companion, which is the, uh, the chronic pain that was yeah. misdiagnosed in thought it was uh in my head and then misdiagnosed again and round and round and round we go and uh i think they just recently gave up about let's call it four or five years ago and just decided to call it fibromyalgia or whatever because that's kind of like the you know the mystery one that hits the hits all the spots and hits all the symptoms and it's like well you've had it this long (laughs) nothing's nothing's working we doubt you're faking at this point and like you look at your uh, blood work your white blood cells are constantly like looking like they're fighting something that's not there as well uh, so yeah, happening. that I, I have seen that in people that I've worked with in the past, and that shit is notoriously hard to diagnose. Yeah, and it's like, and you run into all the assholes, all the assholes, all of them. And uh, finally, someone, a doctor or a couple of doctors, started realizing depression, physical pain. Instead of saying, "Oh, you're in pain because you're depressed," they were like, 
oh, well, what if it's the other way around? What if he's depressed because he's in pain all the time? And it's like, <laughs> this is what I've been trying to tell you guys my entire life. Like I did, I wasn't born in pain, but at a pretty young age, the pain started. And obviously the more it increased and the more I couldn't shake it, then the more depressed I became. And then the depressed, like a lot of people, the depression and the anxiety go hand in hand. The anxiety was actually the biggest wake up call because I was hospitalized for that. I had an anxiety induced heart attack a few Jesus. years back. And yeah. uh, I didn't yeah. even know I had anxiety this whole time. And then when they were explaining it to me that they're like, yeah, it's not in your head. It's like a physiological response. Like you can have like a psychological anxiety, but really it's like in your body and then your body's doing something to you. And then your yeah. head has to like concoct a reason that's happening. Which was and then your heart just goes nuts. Yeah. It just goes yeah. nuts. But uh, like, I guess if you're looking at it one way, like if you want to look at it, like psychologically, it's kind of like, all right, I'm in pain. Uh, I can't stop the pain. <laughs> But you want to have some agency yeah. over your life, so that's when you start having like the anxiety, like as a as a result yeah. of that. It's like your yeah. will to do something about it, and then you can't. So it's like more frustration round and round to go. So is this connected to the pain in your leg that you always felt all those years when we were kids? Like the way that used to they used to stand up, where you like learn how to stand up with just one leg. Just one leg. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, that was is this connected to that. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, cause it, like, again, it goes like so far, so far back. And like, you know, there was the leg it's like now it's like, uh, it's, it's been everywhere, but it is interesting to mention that because yeah, there was kind of like areas of focus. Like, so there was my leg and now it's like more of my right arm, even though still it's like everywhere at the same time. But yeah, it is focused. What the fuck? It's like weird. I think my, wow. my mind just wants to like, put it in one place so it can manage it or something. <laughs> Who the hell? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. What, when did it like, when did it um, start to get like, when did like, how long ago is this that we're talking about? Were you still in your twenties when you were like, all right, this is, this is fucking, this is more than what it's been. Um, earlier than that, earlier than that I've had. So <laughs> here's another mystery diagnosis for you. Um, I've actually had, um, Scarlet fever three times in my life. I had it. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, like, it's hard to connect these events, but it's like, in your head, you're like, this has got to be connected somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had it when I was an infant, and uh, that actually got initially misdiagnosed as a rash. So there was, like, some time uh, missed on that one. And then I oh had it God. twice ag again, uh, once as a teenager, or in, again in my 20s. Just oh my god! <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure that didn't help help matters. How do you get the scarlet fever? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like I know, but I don't know because, like, theoretically, I should have been exposed to someone. I mean, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> that like the only time you hear of the scarlet fever is when it's like someone's going on a trip up the Amazon and it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like watching like some, some, like some ancient footage of something like, yeah. yeah. You're in a movie with the rock. What if you get the Scarlet <laughs> fever? Like how, how does, how do you get the Scarlet fever in like in Middletown, New York? That's much, crazy. Much less That's three crazy. times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, we need to like go ahead and start by just like, 
forgiving ourselves and each other that we didn't necessarily know a lot of the stories and shit that we tell. Because <laughs> I've known you for a long time. I don't think I ever knew about this Scarlet Fever business. No, it's it's like, like, well, Lord. it's like, it's weird because it's like, uh, yeah, I definitely don't tell people, a lot of people, a lot of things, you know, things like, uh, yeah, I have this thing about like, you don't want to tell people things that make you look weak. That's, that's like a big depression one. So. Yeah. 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 So when did the depression start kicking in? Um, hmm, when did it kick in or when did I notice it? I think, I, I think, think the, huh. actually the anxiety was there longer, but I didn't recognize it. I don't think that yeah. depression really came in until probably like my thirties. Yo, you were, a, I mean, you, I think if I was to guess, I would say you still are a pretty intense meditator. Um, yeah. when we were teenagers, you were a really intense meditator. I, I wonder if that wasn't even a, just a reaction to anxiety you were feeling then yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. you had to get real proficient in that because of uh how you were feeling in other spaces yeah uh there was definitely like a duality like i always had uh, an interest in you know otherworldly things if you want to call it that and yeah. uh, but also you're trying to escape your own body and it's like and why in my case am i trying to escape my own body because i'm in pain, pain. <laughs> yeah. a lot of pain and it's like yeah. and, you know the medicines aren't working and you know the other things are telling you to do aren't working it's like but you're yep. good enough at meditation you can certainly detach from yourself at least for a little while yeah yeah absolutely um all right so when did you start noticing the depression like what like how did it jump out of you um let's see i have to go back a ways i think it was the uh it's got to be the suicidal ideation right oh and, my god uh, that that that's pretty far down the road dude that's pretty far <laughs> down the road but uh, it's when it's weird. It's like when it starts to become, when it goes from thinking about suicide and it's beyond the planning stage and when the planning becomes romanticized and beautiful, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's that makes like a lot of sense. It's like when you know you're in trouble. Yeah. It's like, you yeah, know, I've, um... go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go, you go. Uh, I was going to say dark thoughts, you know, cross people's minds all the time. And sometimes totally. we linger on them for too long. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. So, and then maybe you plan out things you're never going to do. Like, you know, people always give the example of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to rob a bank and you plan it out in your head. You're never going to do it. Same thing can happen with suicide. <laughs> no. But then like all of a sudden, yep. like the picture of the suicide, it's like brighter than real life. <laughs> it's more colorful. Yeah. It, yeah. It's more tranquil. And it's just like yeah. more real than anything else. It's like, that's when you, you know, you're, you need to check yourself. <laughs> really need to check yourself I, a long time ago, but you missed all the, all the steps. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprisingly kind in my suicidal ideations to other people. I mean, it's a really weird dynamic of like being obviously really unkind in yourself and your suicidal ideations, mm -hmm. but simultaneously being kind in others. But my, my suicide, my suicide, um, ideation, the one that I kind of come back to the most is the most kind way I could possibly think of committing suicide, which is to say, like, I'm not going to do it in front of, in front of anybody. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to watch me go careening off into a wall, like when I'm driving, <laughs> no one's going to like, wow. have to see me like, like jump off of a bridge, you know, like, um, uh, and I'm not going to like, fuck it up. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, like, you know, you, you just alive, half dead sort of. Yeah. And then, yeah. and now your family has to deal with you in a coma after a suicide attempt, you know what I mean? Or just like you brain dead after a suicide attempt. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, um, 
exactly the way I did it. I don't know if it was brighter colors though, but it was still very much like me. Like, you know, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be in the way that's like least scarring to everybody. (laughs) That's interesting. That's interesting. And, and what was, uh, in your mind, like when you're getting closer and closer to that moment, what was in your head as, okay, this is the reason why I should do it. Um, it depends on the instant. Um, so I, I've, I've explained this a couple, just once so far in the podcast. Um, but I'm happy to do it again, just cause I think it fits the conversation. And also, um, it's good to just make it maybe a part of the lexicon of like how we talk here. But, uh, with my therapy, we did this thing where we, we, um, we measured suicidal ideations and also other self-harm ideations like, um, uh, uh, you know, cutting yourself or scratching yourself or whatever, um, on a scale of zero to five. Did I ever talk with you about this? Um, I don't think so. So, um, it's pretty easy to, to keep straight. I mean, and it's totally, uh, um, you know, uh, um, intuitive or whatever. So zero is just like, you're kind of bopping along your day and you don't have any suicidal thoughts. One is just what you described. It was a brief momentary kind of thing where you're just like, Oh, Hey, I could, I could do that right quick, you know, and, but then it just kind of goes away. And then a two is like a little bit longer and you're like starting to romanticize a little bit about it and maybe thinking of different ideas, but not settled on the plan. Three is you're settled in on the plan and you're just thinking about that a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, 15, 20, <clears throat> 45 minutes, you know, two, three hours, just fucking thinking about it. A four is you're moving towards the action. So, you know, the example I gave is like on your way to the gun store to buy, you know, um, shells for your shotgun or <clears throat> on your way to the kitchen uh, cabinet to grab a bunch of pills. And then a five is when you're putting the gun to your mouth, when you're lifting the pills to your mouth, whatever. Um, and it's really smart the way they do that, because it's like at any moment you could still grade it and sure. then potentially jump back. Uh, so what I shared, I've never hit a five before where like the guns going into my mouth or the pills are like on their way up. Like I never hit that far, but yeah. I've hit four, like three or four times. And, um, usually for me, like it's, uh, it's a, it's like a spiraling kind of thing where my brain just can't stop and I need it to, does that make sense? Yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, so that's kind of where that's at, you know? So you, you um, have, you have yeah. multiple, multiple triggers. Yeah. Multiple triggers, multiple triggers, but it's all, it all, it's all connected with me to negative emotions. Um, I don't have the same physical pain situation that you do where you've got, you know, shit going on inside your head, but then also shit going on inside your body. That's like having a big impact on this. Do you ever think in terms of like, man, if you didn't have (coughs) fibromyalgia that you'd be like, fine. Do you ever like think about it in that, in those terms? Yeah, I would say, uh, not a hundred percent would be, I had looked at pretty in depth. Uh, so definitely not a hundred percent because there's, uh, some societal things too, that constrain me. Um, sure. But uh, definitely be way, way, way better. But uh, way I'm, on, better. I'm on, I'm on edge enough from like the pain and like the economics of my life and things like that. That uh, there have been people that I've had to cut completely out of my life because I'm already on close enough to being suicidal. And yeah. if you're around the wrong person who's negative or pushing you and making you feel less than like, so I already feel less than I don't need anybody making me feel even more less than it's like, dude, I'm already beating myself up. I don't need you to also kick me all the time. 
Yeah. I've had to cut yeah. so many people completely. My Once I realized that pattern, I'm like, every time I talk to this person, I want to kill myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't give somebody that much power. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, like, I'm the type of person that my normal mode of operation is I would try to analyze it and get to the, like, why does this person make me feel that way? And then eventually I got into this environment. I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What. Yeah. I'm out. Get rid yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of the person. Yeah. Like, it's, it's got to like, be out. decipher. It's like this wolf is chewing my leg off. Why? No, just get rid of the wolf. Like, <laughs> like Andre, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> there's no time to analyze it. Like, it's a wolf. <laughs> it's a wolf chewing your leg. This is what they do. Like, <laughs> it's like, why is this person being a jackass? It's just their function in life to be a jackass. So hey, that's it. So, do you see yeah. the hooves? <laughs> doesn't need to be any any deeper than that. <laughs> And if it is deeper, yeah. it's not for me to, to figure out. It's like, it's just going to drag me deeper down into their mess. So it's just like, not. Has it worked? Times. Yeah, it actually has. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I know like no one anymore. <laughs> like, I shouldn't say no. I'm exaggerating, obviously, for, to make a point. But it's funny. Far fewer people. And it's just like, yeah, yeah it's like, you know, I mourn that sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah, I haven't talked to so-and-so. I wonder why. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. Because I right. have a knife against my uh, carotid artery yeah. at the time. Yeah, because every time, yeah, every time I walk away, I'm literally looking at shit to bash my head into. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the knife that's against really the carotid artery was actually the first time I – that actually happened with someone I, don't, I won't mention that, who it is. And it was at one of the lowest points of my life. I was already, like – like if you do your scale of like four to five, <laughs> or yeah, that's four, a five, dude. I was at the four, yeah. And then I'm talking to him, and then I had the knife there because they're on the phone, and I was just like, I just realized it right then. Like, hang up the phone, <laughs> hang up the phone, wow. drop the knife, delete the number, block it. Like this person's out. This person's out. I'm like, anytime I have any inkling of this feeling, that person's out, and I've been doing that like ever since. I'm like, this is like danger zone. I'm like, this is like a red alert situation like rightly or wrongly How? i could beat myself up and say oh i should be stronger okay i'm not stronger so therefore these people are out like that's it like <laughs> how far did you get like how, how did you how did you get out of that you know like what was it about that moment that what was it about you and about that moment that you suddenly recognized that you were like subconsciously putting a knife to your fucking carotid artery that like made you go okay stop it put the phone down stop it how did you do that it's it's weird because uh well it's not it's not weird to me but it might be weird to other people and i don't know if it's translatable but uh for me it was like we were saying before about the meditation and kind of like going outside of yourself so i have moments like this all the time now where i'm able to just step outside of myself uh where we look at metaphorically or literally but Mm. and i can kind of look look at myself from an objective viewpoint so i can be like an emotional <laughs> at one point but they're still like yeah and step out of sada and just like look at myself and it's just like yeah tell myself what i need to do even though i'm going through some extraordinary circumstance what'd you say oh, i can't remember exactly but i do remember like very urgently kind of like yelling at myself like this has to stop you need to cut this person completely out like it's not worth killing yourself over this or this person. It was something to that effect. Right. Good Lord, man. It's like, yeah, it, it, it was weird. I had to start. And that's a very small specific thing. Cause like, if I got into a bigger argument with myself, I could talk myself 
back into killing myself back into it so, yeah so like, it's not like a grandiose oh it's not worth killing yourself it's like no it's not worth killing yourself over this person or right per se, right because it's like right you can always talk yourself to death <laughs> it's literally yes. come on this is a this is a b minus this person save, <laughs> save it for an yeah, exactly exactly you, you gotta take what victories you can right <laughs> yeah for real take it by the inch not by the mile yeah you know, I never, I've never been to that point. I mean, that was really a five. You know, you had your knife totally. to the spot. That was really a five. Um, did you press it in? Was there like, did, was there I blood totally, when you pulled I it totally out? I broke or? the skin on that one. I totally broke the skin on you that one. You broke the skin on that one. And it, it wasn't the first time. It uh, wasn't the last time. I've done the, I listened to your first uh, episode that you did. And when you mentioned yeah. the uh, self-harming thing, that definitely resonated. The scary thing about yeah. that. And we'll probably get banned. I'll we'll probably get banned for seeing this right now. But what's scary about it is that it works. It 100% works. So it 100% works. To like knock you out of whatever craziness, whether it's pain yeah. or some chronic pain. Yeah. I've been in enough yeah. pain where it's like, I'm not even trying to kill myself. It's just like, I can't think through this fog of pain. Yeah. I need to inflict a, a greater pain into a specific area so I can focus yeah. on that pain and yeah. therefore get through this moment or something. And then that's the f- that becomes addictive and dangerous. And that's where the, the danger of that. Exactly. That's where, by the way, that's, that's like basically the story of neuroses, like of the things that, I mean, once, I mean, you know, start getting the whole conversation of what, you know, schizophrenia is like, and that's not even, that's just a whole different topic. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't even know where to start with that, but, uh, but when it comes to, you know, the type of stuff that you and I deal with in terms of depression and anxiety, I mean, it, it always starts in a place that's helpful, right? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a coping mechanism, yeah. Yeah. You know, to, like, it, those, both of those things are really helpful a lot of the time. Yes. And then it just gets <laughs> worse and worse and worse and worse. And then suddenly it's really, really not helpful. Yeah. But, uh, but they happen because they're so fucking helpful so much of the time. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I think the first... So, Definitely was like in my car driving towards the gun store. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like I was going, but I was also really freaking out. Like, I don't think I would have been able to buy anything because you just don't sell bullets to some dude who's like walking and weeping. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, guess it, depends, I guess it depends on the ethics of the person, but uh... <laughs> it would be down to that. It would yes, be down yes. to that. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, on my way, but I, I just, I, you know, I have an, I sort of have an agreement with my uh, therapist that I have to reach out in those times. And it was like, she just kind of fucked with me because she was like, now this is a promise. And I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, I guess it's a promise. And um, that's kind of where that's at, you know, which isn't to say that like, I wouldn't be able to think through it. But the last time that I was at a four, I ended up um, writing a note, which is the only time I ever wrote a suicide note, which that was uh a really unpleasant experience. I mean, I don't want to get into the specifics of the story, but, um, but it was like in a very, it was like an extremely emotional night that where all the emotions just led to being asleep. Basically. I'm sure you've been there before where you're just flipping out so yeah. hard and so long that you just kind of fall asleep because you can't really like cry for more than 30 minutes without just falling asleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like too exhausting. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe longer, maybe you can hold it for longer, but not me anyway, but, uh, but, and then I woke up still spiraling, but in a really, really disassociated way and not in an out of body experience, but in an out of emotion experience. 
And so from a place of being completely calm and unemotional, I wrote a suicide note and, um, and then like went to bed still on the path and then woke up still on the path and, uh, um, you know, was sort of ready to go. And then I got off the path, um, in a way that I don't need to sort of get into here. But, um, I think that if I would have hit that five, like that was a solid four for a bunch of hours. I think if I would have hit that five, then I would have needed to, I would have probably called, I would have probably called my therapist. Um, Mm. just cause you know, I, I promised her that I would. Um, so it's like one of those things. Do you see a therapist by the way? I do not. I do not. (laughs) Oh man, dude. (laughs) How, How are you handling all this shit on your own? You, you definitely have people that you talk to. I mean, your girlfriend probably. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I've been going at my own for so long that it's, it's pretty much how I go. Um, and you're so fucking smart, dude. One in a million therapists <laughs> can be your therapist. I'm not saying don't get one if you can, but you yeah. Know. Uh, no, I mean, my, I don't know. It's just, it's just didn't work out the way. Uh, I think therapists are great, but, um, just, just hasn't been my path. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, yeah. What are you going to say? Um, no, that's it really. I mean, uh, I've thought about it like so many times, but, um, I just, just haven't gone that route. Um, I have had an MD prescribe me, um, medications before for, uh, anxiety and depression, oh, uh, cause okay. I really, really needed it for a good while there. Um, so I can't really knock okay. that. I can't really knock that. Although in other discussions, I probably will have a big rant about over medication, but everybody knows that already. But uh, yeah. a lot of times yeah. you need it. Take your damn meds when they're prescribed, people, please. Yeah, I did. It. I, yeah, I did, I did antidepressants for two and a half years for sure. Yeah. I've been off of it and there's no guarantee that I, I mean, I'll probably have to go on it at some point in my life again. Yeah. You know, just you live long enough and shit happens and you got to go back on it. Yeah. Um, but I've been off of it for about two years now. But I, yeah, I was on for about two and a half years. Yeah. Um, people forget the brain. It's a physical thing. It's like it's an organ like every other organ. I mean. You know, yep. sometimes you have to go yep. tweak it. <laughs> yep. It needs help yep. sometimes. What did it do for you? What kind of what kind of med did you take? Oh man, they 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 had to do like usual. They had to experiment, and it was a while back. But mostly the things they were trying to they had to uh, uh, work on was the sleep problem. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so they were laughing, I'm laughing because sleep, I can't yeah. remember the name of the drug, but uh, they they gave me like the highest dose of this one drug that was literally the guy was just like. This is like, you know, more powerful than the date range. <laughs> he's like, if this doesn't make you sleep, like he's like, I don't know what will make you sleep. And it still didn't make me sleep. It still didn't make me sleep. It was just like you're kind fucking, of you, you roofied yourself and you're sleep. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it was just because like the guy the doctor's like frustration at the time. So it's like I now I can laugh at it. At the time I was like really like, <laughs> Ready to put my head through a wall. <laughs> yeah, for real. So Jesus it was like Christ, it was I like that and some Xanax for the uh, anxiety or whatever. Which then I found out yeah. how much street value Xanax had because people were, kept wanting to buy Xanax off me. And I'm like, um, yeah. I'm like, I literally no, have this is for me. <laughs> I'm like, I literally have no feeling from the Xanax, like nothing. I'm like, <laughs> like it was mostly there to help stabilize my heartbeat because like my anxiety was like so ramped up that it was like. Uh, giving me arrhythmia on top of everything else. So that was prime primary purpose of that. So that wasn't for too long. Oh my once my heart went back to normal, they stopped doing that. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the Xanax addicts are getting out of the Xanax, but like for me mentally, nothing. There was like no change. So. Huh. Jesus, man. <laughs> it's nice to know that you can't be poisoned. You know? <laughs> if so this true. podcast gets big enough, someone from the CIA is going to hear this and you're going to have a job. <laughs> Taste tester for the president. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, when it becomes King Trump rather than uh, President Trump, I can be the royal taster, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think both of us would assist each other in suicide if either of us had to do that job. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> oh man! Um, how has this stuff like uh, like impacted you know you relationship wise? I mean, I'm thinking about that right now because I'm entering a you know wanting to find someone new and connect with them kind of phase. And I had a girlfriend who, prior to dating me, was already aware that um, you know I had certain kind of issues or whatever. But the idea of meeting someone new and then trying to like spark something up is like a little bit, you know, in the meantime, like I, you know, I, uh, so I got, a, I have a bunch of tattoos now, as you know, and one of the first ones, I, the first one I got was a semicolon on my, um, on my pulse point on my right hand. Have you ever heard of the semicolon tattoo project? Do you know what that is? No, no, I don't think I've heard of that one. So started by this dude, um, a bunch of years ago, and it's a suicide awareness, uh, tattoo project where you get a, prominent semi t- semicolon on your pulse point or on your wrist somewhere where people can see it. And the idea of a semicolon is like, grammatically speaking, you can, you can choose to either end the sentence or you could actually continue the sentence because you're the fucking writer and it's your choice, uh, you know, so you could okay. end it with a period or you could put a semicolon in and then go on. So it's a, it's a kind of a message to myself, right? Where when I get to those darker moments of like, no, it's still my choice, no matter like where I am at zero to five, um, and then also it's a message to like the community out there that like, if you know what this means, you know, you can talk to me about it and I'm supposed to be willing to kind of share with you <laughs> like what's going on. Like, of course, yeah, I put that's, it, that's actually what I mean? pretty slick actually. Like that. <laughs> I like it too. But the, the problem is, is that now I'm like trying to attract a mate and, uh, like how the fuck do I attract a mate talking about, yeah, you know, um. I'm tall, you know, I got that going on. I'm funny. I think I have a nice personality. But just so you know, you know, I've I've been suicidal. But Dude, look, we can go to the movies, you know. I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'll tell you. This is how this tell is me. how I met the tell woman right I'm with now. now. <laughs> yeah. I was at the lowest of the low points of my life, lowest <laughs> point of uh health, lowest uh-huh. point financially, <laughs> emotionally, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. everything. Um uh, I, I met her. She was a nurse. She was uh-huh. actually taking care of my grandmother when she was sick and dying. So that's how okay. we met. Something about her instantly like blew me away. Obviously, was not the time or place, right? No. <laughs> so I yeah. kind of like filed it in the back of my mind. I was like, if I ever run into this woman again under better, different circumstances, I am going to ask her out. I'm a, she's definitely going to say no. But if I do not ask her out, I will regret it for the rest of my days. Holy um, fuck. grandmother passes away. Some time passes. Uh, I reach out to her, ask her out for some coffee, whatever. And okay. literally I put everything out there. I'm like, look, I'm sick. I'm broke. <laughs> I'm depressed. Matter of fact, back to the broke thing. I'm always going to be broke. Cause I'm an artist. Don't expect me to ever have any money. 
There it is. So that's me. So what are you up to? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you right now, like if any of that stuff bothers you, you might as well, we can shake hands as friends now and just leave it at that. But like, that's what the deal is. <laughs> oh my God. And then, and and then some... she said, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. We can hang out. And then you were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't want to date you anymore. Anybody wants to date me, clearly, it's not worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> no you gotta oh you gotta you, you just you just gotta be honest i tell i just believe in honesty period everybody all day yeah. every day just because otherwise it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass anyway yeah i'm sure i'm sure so, like if if they, yeah, if they can't a- handle it in the beginning they're not gonna be able to handle it later on so you know what I did? I put it. I put it on. So I've done like a, a online dating right now is like a boom because nobody can go outdoors, yes. and uh, women are just like fucking eating this shit up. They're like, women are like, "What? Are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. I have this like three month buffer between having to see a dude and being able to just like make sure he's not a lunatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got all this. kinds <laughs> of uh, secret uh, background checks on you. I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Can he write? Can he talk? Can will he take his time with me? To... So uh, yeah, so it's really funny. But I put so um, one of the one of the sites that I've been on is a site called OK Cupid, which I guess is I don't know if it's big all over the country, but it's definitely big in San Diego. And you can put all sorts of information. They ask you all these questions and all this stuff. But I put on my front page have dealt with depression. You know, um, if this is a problem for you, then yeah, for sure, I'm not your guy. But if you think sharing this up here means that I might be a badass, then reach out to me because, um, you know, because I like to take you out to dinner or whatever. It's like what I perfect, but, perfect. Uh, um, but that was it. I mean, but it's, there's a difference between like, you know, being like, holy shit, you're clearly a strong person because you've dealt with this stuff. Um, yes, and I do exactly. think like, it's one thing for like, you know, you have to heal from a broken leg. That's just, they put you in a cast and you got to deal with some pain for a while and you got to heal from it. Not that I've had a broken leg, mind you. So maybe I'll have one and change my mind. And change your mind, I could yeah. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but having a mental illness is trying to fix the machine from inside the machine as the machine. And like when you deal with that stuff, like that's a pretty serious badass stuff. And just being a person who can stay yourself and, you know, be uh um, be able to laugh at yourself and all that stuff while dealing with intense physical pain. I mean, that makes you a badass. So did your girl, did she like hear you say that and immediately become more attracted to you? Or is she just like, well, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> or she was just like fucking hot. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, she played it pretty coy, but she was clearly like still interested, put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, but she yeah. maybe needed to think she, about it a little bit. Yeah, it was. It wasn't yeah. like okay, check please. You know, it wasn't one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was. But it also wasn't like. Well, now I'm more attracted to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, much much later on, and she told me that was I actually the case. Like in Sardad, like it was just like if he's this like really? upfront, yeah, if it was like if he's this upfront, honest, like you can pretty much trust anything he says after that. You know what I mean? All right. All right. I'm gonna have to listen to that advice because I'm because you know, I can tell someone, yeah, I've dealt with depression and everything else, but then they're like, What does that mean? Right. And I'm like, you know, well, do you need to argue? Because if you do, I'm not the guy for you. Do you have that by the way, where um I can't I just can't if somebody if so, I can have a logical discussion with a romantic mate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we can even have differences in the, in the logical discussion and I can keep up with the conversation and, and be able to like 
manage it, make internal changes, make external changes, sure, like sure. do what I have to do. But if any emotion gets in there whatsoever, especially anger, I'm out. I'm out. That's it. That's where I go immediately. One, two, three, four, like really quickly in that direction now. And I, and I don't waste time getting there either. Like it's straight to spiraling, looking around, what can I fucking bash my head into? Do you have that same thing? Like, do you have those kind of limitations in a relationship? No, I don't. I don't actually. I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. If there's what? any friction, yeah, if there's any friction, even if it's not that bad, I'm just like, all right, we need to settle this exactly right now. <laughs> no one is going anywhere <laughs> until we settle this, you know? <laughs> just, and here's the worst part about it is that like she's completely the opposite. She's no friction. Like, oh, Jesus. Doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't want any. She's more like you, like no friction, no discussions. Let's just drop it. <laughs> Let everybody cool everything off. It's fine here. <laughs> you not see that everything is fine here. And it's I'm just like, here. and I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, no, no. Like I want, see, here's my, my thinking right, wrong, or different. But yeah. the reason I yeah. need to confront everything right now is like, okay, right now, the problem, let's call it whatever the problem is, is probably like a level one out of 10. Yeah. Let's air it now and solve it while it's a level one. And we are relatively calm in the scheme of things. So it doesn't snowball <laughs> in six it's months now. 10. It's a level 10 and no one knows where this even came from or how to get out of it. <laughs> that's you are that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you are you are much better at admitting to yourself um when when there's a one. Because I'm when I see a one, I'm like, la la la, there's <laughs> there's nothing to see here at all. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, it's a fucking one. That's gonna be a ten before you know it and you're not doing anything now i'm like nope not hitting that until it's a five and then yeah. i'll like gently mention it at a five you know like hey <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah you know? i remember last week when you hit me in the head with the frying pan uh that yeah that, uh, i didn't, didn't really care for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just say that was less than enjoyable it was less than enjoyable <laughs> I yeah. prefer not to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> so, so for you, it's almost like, like, like. So you're basically saying that, like, for a little, for a number of months now, you've been at a place where it's like, yeah, you could, like, you're definitely doing like a tight, like a like a tight, like a high tight wire act, like on the edge of a cliff, basically. Um, <laughs> and and because of that, you have to like keep. You're almost like keeping that much more control over your environment because of that yeah you know what i mean it's like this weird combination of like both being more unstable than you've ever been but also being more stable than you've ever been yeah yeah it's totally an extension of that it's totally an extension of of, uh, of the anxiety i guess what's that all about it's 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 essentially lack of control right uh, yeah yeah so it's like you you want to be at a certain place in your life, you're not there. Uh, you're yeah. aware of not having certain controls of your life. You're aware you're not going to get those controls of your life. So you control what you can. Yeah. Uh, it's like why uh, some people become like hyper organized or they have to clean everything or they become germaphobic is because those are yeah. little details that you can actually control or you think you can control them. Yeah. And anything bigger than that is like painfully obvious that it's not in your control. And, you know, really we're in a whole world and society and a culture where you have no control whatsoever. It's like a system of illusions, really, where, you know, you're told you have freedom of choice and you can be all you, you can don't. be and all these things, but you really have 
absolutely no choice whatsoever. And it's almost like the more awake you are to those things, the more apt to anxiety and depression you're going to be. Because it's just so fucking existential. It really is. It really is. I mean, you a person's depressed for a reason. You know. Yeah. You know, and they have anxiety for a reason. Like your brain is on red alert and is trying to communicate something. It's trying to, in some sense, escape something or yeah. or deal with something. Yeah, you know, finding a way around something. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's what we said before, you know, it starts because it's helpful. Um, yeah. yeah. Totally starts because it's helpful. And the relationship between depression and physical pain, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of like, it's almost like, well, yeah, that's the necessary conclusion, right? Like we're alive and we're smart. Um, yeah. But how else are we supposed to feel about this? So how are you, how do you make it through now? You know, how'd you get to, I mean, we're here, we're talking about it. Um, I'm not surprised that like neither of us has started crying because that's just never been our style with each other. Not that, I mean, I'm way more of a crier than you are, I feel like, but though you, you do sometimes we'll let it out. Not that I've ever seen it, but, um, but you know, like, how are you like making, making it through right now? Um, <laughs> good question. I feel like I'm, I'm better off it's never like really gone um i will say i'm past the <coughs> whole suicidal phase i don't know how permanent uh and that's fairly fairly big and but fairly recent so i'm not sure how much to uh pat myself on the back for that one just yet because we got to see how that one goes Damn. that's kind of like a how'd you a, get there almost like a whole whole new feeling um i don't feel like it was any one thing and I yeah. certainly didn't a hundred percent do it uh do it by myself, but um having a woman who's kind of like been I have the tendency to beat myself up a lot. So <laughs> <What>? having <laughs> having someone she's just like me in the way we're like so similar personality, very strict on herself. Yeah. So to have someone who's like that who can look at me So you're call me your guys' version of <laughs> in a way has yeah. actually been helping me. Because it's like, yeah. you know, if I'm too harsh on myself without a reason and, like, I get called on it, it's been oddly helpful. <laughs> so your your guys' version of BDSM is just you guys sitting around just smacking the shit out of yourselves? <laughs> <laughs> World's worst masturbation ever. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, my God. Um so yeah, so so uh um but how like how was she able to help you with that? Yeah, it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose at all. It's like we never set any goals of like, oh, let's deal with these uh mental issues. It's almost the exact opposite. Like she doesn't doesn't want to deal with it at all. <laughs> really doesn't want to deal with it at all, but it's just like just by by the nature of uh you know, neither one of us will let the other person beat themselves up too much. It's kind of like, you know, if she's beating herself up, I'll look at her and be like, no, you've actually accomplished X, Y, and Z. And then I'll beat myself up. And she'll be like, no, you accomplished all these things. Yeah. And then oh, I just see. like, so, kind of just like objectively, yeah, I, I guess technically I did. And then it's like, and you did it with no resources. So it actually makes it more impressive. It's like, oh, you're okay, I forgot about that. <laughs> you're solving all your problems with mutual love and admiration. It's like an yes. asshole. <laughs> How dare I? How dare I? How dare you? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, you know, that that's a that is definitely probably 
the most fun kind of therapy possible, right? Where you're just like with someone and you're like, good Lord, I had never projected myself of being able to be with someone as beautiful as you. <laughs> wow. You know? And then she's like, uh, you're awesome. And then you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's- I feel better about myself all of a sudden. <laughs> It's, I wonder, like, if it's tenuous, though, because, of course, you can't, you shouldn't rely 100% on, like, uh, or, or really any percent on somebody else for your mental health. You need to, like, be well within yourself or whatever. So it's, like, good to take the to take the win, of course, and, but you always got to, like, build on it. Yeah, for sure. So it's, like, it's, like, take her, I got to, like, take her reminder <laughs> and remind myself afterwards. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? Oh, boy, I'm, again, I'm bad with time. I want to say... I think this is almost three years now. Good lord! Yeah. But it's, so it's still working. But it was like it was a, I, it was like a weird, uh, slow introductory uh, <laughs> opening period. So we're always like very fuzzy <laughs> about like when did this actually start? <laughs> it's like was it that first dinner, or was it like six months later, or was it in between? Like I don't know. Like... <laughs> it was the first dinner you know oh. i'll decide for you guys <laughs> let her know josh said it was the first dinner it's decided so we're let done it be written so let it be done so let it be done <laughs> oh my god so when was the last time you had like the a suicidal thought how long has it been on that one um uh, i haven't had i i'm getting bad with dates but uh so far knocking wood 2020 i haven't had any any whatsoever wow and not during like the um during all this crazy ass COVID nineteen stuff, has it like have you been afraid that it might come back? You know, with all this like self isolation stuff and everything else? No, not at all. Not wow. at all. I have all kinds of, you know, different types of stresses about that, but those are probably normal. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to feel anxious about this shit. Yeah, a little anxious, you know? right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Am I prepared enough? enough? No, not prepared enough at all. <laughs> if you I sleep. was one of the people. What were you going to say? I was going to say, if you think you're prepared, you're not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was one of the people that was scoffing at everybody who was like collecting all the toilet paper. And then, man, whew, it was a close one. A couple days ago, I was like down <laughs> to the end of my last roll. Like I went to Target. I missed, a, I missed my, the, like this lady was walking out of the toilet paper aisle with like the last toilet paper. And I was like, ah, fuck. And then, uh, thank God there was like three containers of like, you know, tissue paper. And I was like, you know what? My ass deserves puffs plus. <laughs> like, literally. literally. And then the next morning I woke up and tried to uh, target again and managed to get a, managed to get a package. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely regretting that I didn't yeah, stock up you, on toilet paper. You can't paper. get toilet paper up here at all right now. So it's like when, when mine is yeah. done, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> one of the, it's crazy. One like, one. I don't, I don't understand. It's like, all right, so they bought all the toilet paper. You guys aren't going to order any more in. Like, what's the plan here? Like, did you guys forget how to make it? Yeah. Like this is America. <laughs> so I thought we were like the land of uh surplus where we just have too much of everything for the no reason. No reason. <laughs> Can't we just like get our asses like down to the rainforest, you know, and start chopping down some more trees? There's, there's not even hand soap. Really there's not even there. there's not even liquid hand soap anywhere around here. It's like crazy. not even liquid hand soap. There's not even liquid oh hand soap. It's crazy. It's getting better out here, you know. Like I've been I've been still going to the supermarket because that's my uh, uh that's my apocalypse odometer. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You see how crazy people are. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, people yeah, are and camouflage, also, <laughs> even though you're exactly. in a desert. It's like, why are you how many of them? <laughs> Exactly. And like how big the fruit pile is, you know, if the fruit pile getting lower, is it getting bigger? Like, ah, fuck, there's only like five apples left, man. Like, this is not, this is not going to be good. Go try it out different times of the day, you know, see who's going there or whatever. Uh, but um, yeah, we're kind of making a comeback here right now. Um, the fruit pile is getting a little bigger. The baking, uh, baking mixes are coming back. And uh, apparently the toilet paper is lasting a little bit longer in the day in California. But I'm, I'm worried about like, you know, you stretch your social whatever is like, you know, to the limit. And then all you need is one earthquake, you know, one, yeah, turn, one yeah, hurricane. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, you're it, like. It's interesting to me. You mentioned like earthquakes that like, you know, you know, the tornadoes are still happening, of course. Like uh-huh. <laughs> the earthquakes yeah. are still happening. But, you know, that's nature. But then the, the stupid human stuff is all happening. It was like, so, you know, you have North Korea is like still firing missiles into the ocean. You're like, do you just want attention right now? Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you doing? What is it? Oh, poor thing. No one's paying attention to you. Oh, no one asked you out to prom. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just go to sleep. Like, I don't understand. Read a book. Read a book. Do something with yourself. Run a couple laps, do a sit-up, eat a carrot, something. Stop <laughs> launching <laughs> missiles into the ocean. No one cares. We're dying already. A missile might be a welcome change. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, Fucking <laughs> <laughs> North Korea. Yo, I did not see this news story at all because I've been, like, very selectively watching the news. North Korea has been <laughs> launching missiles into the ocean? They're still doing like, that nonsense. Week? No, I believe that was last week. But that that Last barely week. made it. That barely made it either. Like, it's like <laughs> it barely made it either. So yeah. By the way, they're still launching missiles with you. All right. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> this virus, the real news. Thank you. Oh my God. You know, it's like Jesus please. Christ. It's like please with your missiles. Yo, all I know is is that this world we need to get up. We need to get in control of the shit we're eating. That's all I have to say. Every single place on this planet needs to get under control of the shit that they're eating. <laughs> they need rules and regulations. They need, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe more peanut butter. <laughs> you know, just, you know, they keep Sadly, they're reversing all that stuff. Uh, the administration is reversing all that stuff, like reversing the EPA, reversing the FDA. Yeah, and all stuff. So well, that's a good idea. It's it's going to be worse. <laughs> it's like I'm like they were barely protecting us as it was. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And you're Yo, like, no, no protections needed. Just do whatever you want to the food and water in the air. Like, oh God. Like that's what we need during a viral outbreak. More pollution. You know, I definitely like when this first started going down, I was definitely like, all right, China. China, you need to get your shit under control, man. Because right now all the diseases are coming from you. You know, like yeah. we, need to, we, need to, we need to like calm the fuck out. And then like recently I, I remembered that uh it wasn't that long ago that in Great Britain they were feeding cows cows. And then the not cows started all, getting yeah. sick with, yeah, not long at all. They, they started getting sick with like the thing that happens when you're a cannibal. Then the people would eat that meat and get sick with the thing yep. that happens when you're a fucking cannibal. Mad cow disease or, or yep. with the, whatever the official uh, term is. So, um, yeah, it's never a good idea to leave the food industry unchecked. <laughs> uh, uh, not at all. Not at all. And, and essentially, no. if we really go by like the foods creating disease trend, I think it means we all need to be vegan. 
Probably, <laughs> but I fucking love steak, dude. I don't know. I don't know what I would do with that steak. Yeah, it's really good. Live a longer, happier, healthier life. I don't know. Like <laughs> you, free, free of mad cow. <laughs> like are I don't you, know. <laughs> are you telling me that you are vegan? Are you a vegan man now? Is that what you are? Have you have you come out of the closet to me as a vegan? No, you know what point? I am. It's weird. I just primarily don't eat any animals. I don't swear so at all. I don't swear at all. Huh. It's not like I refuse yeah. to eat it, but like nine times out of ten, I'm just like, yeah, no, no thanks. Like, <laughs> it's just like I'm I look good. at it nowadays. I'm just like, no, no. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm this fine. This is like, no, 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 thank you. Especially no cows. No. <laughs> there's this uh, there's this slice of meat out here that you can get that I never heard of before, but it's called tri-tip. Have you ever come across a tri-tip steak? Um, out there in New York, because I never did when I was there. I don't think so. It's like you know, you just buy this huge ass piece of steak, and it's like forty percent fat, sixty percent meat, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, the way that I cook it is, um, here's this, this is me trying to get you back in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically you you just like you just like put put whatever rub on it you want to put on it. And then you heat up a skillet. You heat up the oven to like 450 degrees and you heat up a skillet till it's like white hot, basically like a, like an iron skillet. And then you, you just drop it on there, a uh, fat side down because one side is like all fat. The other side is mostly meat. So you drop it down there, like fat side down and you just leave it there for like three minutes until the fat starts to melt and it starts to turn into a liquid. And then that becomes like the oil that you coat the pan with. And then you flip it over and then just drop it right in the oven. And you let it go for like maybe nine, 10, 11 minutes or so. And then it comes out and it's like the most delicious fucking thing. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And what I've been doing is like a couple of weeks, like the first week that I was in self, uh, um, you know, what do you call it? Self-isolation. And then this last week too, I just made one big one for myself and cut it up into small slices. And that's just what I ate for the week nice. uh, for like my like lunch and dinner meals. Um, yeah, but, uh, do something to treat yourself so you don't go completely mad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably an inch away from becoming, because there's a part of me that's like, I mean, cows aren't dumb animals. You know what I mean? They've got personalities and yeah, they're, they're pretty cute and I don't yeah. eat like, you know, dogs. <laughs> well, so. that my, that's not really my, my objection is really, it's, <laughs> I, I won't make it long with it. Let me make it as short as possible. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. it, 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 it it's in, in the briefest terms possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just doesn't taste good anymore, right? <laughs> it just doesn't taste good anymore. It's just like I went through this phase. Like, like I remember like, I, I remember growing up, my grandmother would cook whatever. Fish, yeah. chicken, steaks, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, it's delicious. Like, what did you season that with, Grandma? fire yeah. like that's it like just fire like, <laughs> like, like it's the best thing i ever had in my life you get a little older and you're like you know your mom throws some seasons on it you know it's not really much on it whatever make it spicy and things it still tastes good yeah you get older and it's like all right it's all right the 2000s early 2000s roll around it's like this chicken tastes like nothing this what? uh steak doesn't Tastes like anything. It tastes like nothing. I don't really taste anything. Like just the what? like, it's like you have. To, it got to the point where you have to add spices for it to taste like something. Like everything <laughs> is just like really like nothing. 
And I'm just like, yeah, obviously you add spices. You don't add no, spices. No, it's not obvious. Day. It's not. It's not obvious. If it's, it's that good, if it's that good, if it's that spice. good, it would taste good on its own. You see what I'm saying? Everything tastes good yeah. if you're adding stuff to it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. That's how I feel about then, mushrooms. And then eventually it's just like, I just add less and less of it. And then it's just like, all of a sudden these reports start coming out. Oh, they're doing all this weird stuff to the chickens. And it's like full of diseases <laughs> and cannibalism and like horrible labor practices and all these diseases, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, oh, that probably explains why it doesn't taste right. <laughs> they weren't doing that back in the day. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with the cows and the pigs and now it's to the point where it's actually illegal to like film how they're processing these animals before it gets to the store. I'm like, it's illegal to know how they're doing it. Like, how bad is it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no thanks. You can have it. You can have it. It doesn't taste like anything. Oh. And <laughs> whatever you're doing to it is horrible. <laughs> like, that's all right. I'm fine. <laughs> oh my <It's> god! Like... <laughs> you didn't. You weren't able to see. I heard everything that you like. I learned everything that you learned. Uh-huh. I didn't have the taste. I didn't have the taste thing happen. But what happened to yeah. me was I just chose not to give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. you heard it, and you were I'm, like, no, "I've been, I've been sick enough in life. I don't need to be adding whatever like." Whoever's yeah. popping up the meat's probably like jizzing into the meat or whatever the hell he's fucking doing. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with it. It tastes god awful half the time. It's like the only time it's really worth getting is like, like you said, if it's like seasoned, but like whatever, like yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. every every yeah. every now and then, like any other food, I'll have like a craving for it, but pretty yeah. rare, pretty rare. Yeah. You know what's the most? I think it's funny. Like when I when I eat a steak, I usually don't get a steak with bone in it. So when it's done, it's like all the evidence is gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it tastes, all gone. It tastes so much better with the bone, though, usually. Usually if you have a piece of bone in it. It does. It does. But all I end up doing is giving the bone to my dog. And then yeah. she just enjoys the bone or whatever. But when I eat chicken, I always get chicken with bone in. And that's whenever I finish chicken is when I most am like, you know, I almost feel guilty where it's like, um, look at that big pile of bones on my plate. You know, it's like, really? it's really like a pile a pot. Like I made a pile of bones on my plate and that's like where I'm just like, oh, maybe I should feel a little guilty about this and yeah. think about some other lifestyle, but it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, all right. So if you go get, uh, maybe, maybe this is the beef that you get already. It might be why I sort of love with it. But like, uh, yeah. so if I go now and I get some beef, which is very rare. It's got to be yeah. like a very free range, grass fed, like everything done right, and you can taste oh, the yeah, difference. Dude. You can taste the difference. One hundred percent. This is California. Yeah, and everything is free like, range out here. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, this feels right. Yeah, yeah. It's like the completely different, completely different yeah. experience. Yeah, this is and almost the, and the same, like same thing with the chicken. Water. Like if you if you go to like the farmers market, it depends what farmers market. If you go to farmers market, and you get like a a real free range chicken or something like that yeah for you this yeah. is a completely different experiences like yeah this is what my grandma was cooking like that that's yeah what it like like yeah. something not like the plastic yeah. wrapping that it came in sorry <laughs> i don't i don't want to eat saran wrap with hot that's sauce awful. like i don't understand like <laughs> why, why, <laughs> that's what most that's what most of this animal <laughs> stuff tastes like it's like saran wrap with whatever flavoring like thanks oh okay. man <laughs> should i have a salad so, like, i don't understand <laughs> 
so has anyway. the has the food has the food like made a di- like have you felt like a big difference in terms of the pain that you feel like do you, are you basically on like the paleo diet or something like that and now you just your body feels different no i don't i don't believe in any of that stuff um i've like you we were talking about meditation and all that stuff for uh, yeah. so because of that i do have a pretty good uh instinct as far as what my body actually needs as far as like say uh distinguishing between okay what am i craving just because i'm being greedy right now <laughs> yeah and what's a craving yeah. because my body actually is lacking something and desperately needs something yeah so like obviously like if something's sweet it's just like you're just being greedy like <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean that's just like you know marketing addictiveness to sugar all that stuff you can pretty much yeah that but like anything yeah. else, like every like I remember a couple weeks ago, I just had like I'm like I need radishes. <laughs> it's like the most random thing. That's weird. <laughs> and I cut up like so many radishes and like cooked them into like my meals for like the next three days, and it was like it felt like the greatest effort. And I was like, I don't know what was in those radishes, but <laughs> I definitely needed it. It oh would be God. weird things like that. I was like, <clears throat> I just trust my body now. Okay. <laughs> I, I could never bring radishes are the red ones, right? The red radish. Yeah, red or sometimes they're like purplish, depending. Yeah, there's a there's a, a traditional uh, Eastern European Jewish dish called borscht. Do you like borscht? I don't you know think I've is? ever had it. No. It's it's like a cold radish soup. Ugh. Fucking tastes like dirt, dude. See, if you asked me what I was having that craving, I was probably would have been like delicious. <laughs> but this yeah. week, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> sounds awful. It sounds awful. Yeah. Oh my god. So, do you notice, like, with your with your, uh, do you have to like, you lost? Did you lose your flavor for just like the meats, and did it stay the same with the vegetables, or do you need like more flavorful things now in order to like get that flavor there? Um, it seems like it's very much meat specific. Yeah, I just noticed like huh. the the quality of meats is like. It, it just wasn't there. <laughs> you really have to go. You really have to go look for it. Yeah, oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Oh my god! So, all right, um, what else should we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went way off. <laughs> we did. We went way off of this one, but I think it's related. You know, it's definitely related. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> new podcast idea. <laughs> oh my god um well uh um yeah we definitely have gone way off i think uh we were talking about kind of like relationships and everything else hey what's your stance on um on sort of like healthy levels of codependency like are you in a place with your girl where you know yeah she needs you you need her and you you kind of like accept that and are just happy needing each other is that what's going on um no and that's a really good question because I actually hadn't thought of that before. So this might be a, this might be a first. This might be the first time I'm in a relationship where neither of us actually needs the other person. Huh? That sounds healthy and just fucking frightening as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like we do and we don't. What does that we mean? Do we don't. It's like, uh, and we both feel exactly the same way about this because we've kind of talked about this from a different angle. It's like, on one hand, if this relationship doesn't work, we're kind of just done with relationships, <laughs> right? <laughs> but at the on the other hand, we were both uh, completely fine on our own as separate beings before we met. Yeah. So we were in this headspace of like, I don't need anybody before we met. 
Huh. Did that, was that helpful? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. That's weird. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good question. God, that's, that's fine. I can't even imagine Yeah, that. because every, every other relationship, uh, either I was very mostly dependent or the other person was, or we both were. And this one, I feel like from an emotional standpoint, neither one of us really are like, like we can rely on each other when, when needed, but we don't really <laughs> need it. It's just like great to have, you know what I mean? But we're both kind of like strong enough that like we both grew up in families where you kind of had to rely on yourself, I guess, had part of it. Fuck, man. You should marry this girl. That's what it <laughs> sounds like to me. Jesus. That, I've been recently looking into uh, um, forms of attachment. That's like my uh, one of my uh, kind of eternal mental studies right now. Um, and, uh, I don't know shit about this yet. Like I haven't started reading the book yet. I've just kind of looked at it at the internet and talked with it, you know, talked about this with, uh, my therapist for a little bit. So, um, yeah. but it's something like there's like four different methods of attachment. Um, one is secure. So they, they did like an experiment. They did a bunch of experiments on babies, um, which was just kind of how mm-hmm. science went back in the day. And, uh, but what they did was they put, they, they had a primary caretaker bring the baby into a room put the baby down and then walk away. And um, if the baby starts crying when the primary caretaker leaves, but then stops crying when the primary caretaker comes back, then that's what they call secure attachment, which is to say that the bond works, you know, like okay. they're bonded, like the baby is comforted by their presence and uncomfortable when they're not present. Almost um, like what you would technically sort of expect. But... Yeah, 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 exactly. And then there's like three different kinds of anxious, and I don't know the third one, but two of them are, one of them is what I am, which is uh, like, I forget the name of it, but it's anxious something. But the idea is, is that as a baby, I would have started crying when my caretaker left, and then I would have kept crying when my caretaker came back. Um, wow. Which is like, that's yeah, 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 yeah. So that's defined as almost, you know, um, like you know, as an adult, it's, it kind of manifests itself where it's like, I can bond with someone. I could totally become close with someone, but I live with a lot of anxiety that maybe they can't be as close to me as I am to them, or they're going to yeah. like separation anxiety. They're going to leave yeah, me and that's yeah. gonna be it or whatever it is. So I can pull them close and I need them close, but it's, and it is comforting to have them close, but it's also, there's this added layer of like, it's a ton always of anxiety along with yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah, get yeah. that. I've definitely, I've definitely been there. Like I would say, with most of the relationships up until now. Huh. <laughs> that's that's really interesting because then the other type of anxious one is the caretaker brings the baby in, caretaker puts the baby down, caretaker leaves, baby doesn't cry at all. Caretaker comes back, baby still doesn't cry. Baby, baby, baby's fine with or without caretaker <laughs> playing with the toys, you know, doing whatever they want. And that's called uh, anxious and different. Um, and that's, and that uh, baby that's sort is of Malcolm X. Was Malcolm X. <laughs> oh man. Um, so it was, it almost sounds like you like just did a bunch of like fucking internal work. And then when you met your girl now, you just kind of happened to switch your bonding technique, you know, your attachment style. And you went to like secure basically where it's like, you can help each other, but um, you don't have to, when you do, it's great. And you love getting advice from each other. But at the same time, if you don't, you could figure it out on your own. Yeah. That sounds about right. That does sound about right. 
Yeah. Um, I've signed me up for that. I'll take that. <laughs> but I don't know that I could, I don't know that I can handle it. You know, that's fucking, that's a, did you know that you had made that shift before this relationship started? <laughs> I didn't even realize I made that shift until you asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, what? Like, that's a good question. <laughs> it's like, what just happened here? Like, I just got ninja'd. <laughs> Yo, you got to marry this girl. <laughs> Trying to tell you. <laughs> oh she wakes up and runs away. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I have documentation. You can't go anywhere, bitch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we have the recording. It's on Spotify. <laughs> this, is your fate. this is your fate. This is what's happening. <laughs> that is really funny. Good Lord. Um, yeah. So... Uh, so you're not, I mean, you got that pain right now, like for sure, that never goes away. Does it like get more or less different days depending? Oh yeah, there's definitely an ebb and flow. Yeah. An ebb and flow. And then um, you got that. Because I, I still hate not being with her. There's like a definite absence of her like not being here, like even right now. Even though yeah. I'm like fully engaged, yeah, yeah. it's just like there's a big, she's not here thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man, my a big my last a big protectiveness that she doesn't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah my my last relationship I had uh, the the fucking images that my brain would send me um, when I was feeling anxious about us or when we weren't together were just fucking awful. You know, like at, and at first when the when the relationship first began, I I used to share them with her, and then after mm-hmm. a while, I just kept them to myself because it was just awful. You know, where it's mm-hmm. like. You text her and she doesn't text back in like six or seven minutes. And it's like, what's going on? Is she cheating yeah. on me? Clearly she's like, you know, like fucking three people right now. You know, <laughs> like this is wow. what's happening. <laughs> you know, and then you kind of play it out in your mind. And it's like, oh, wait, okay, wait a minute. Let me stop. Why was I thinking that? You know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. So um, I got better at that towards the end of the relationship. Uh, but in the middle of there, I was, I, I definitely, that was a, that was a tough component of it. Was is that what does that what you mean by like your protective side, or is it like something different than that? No, in this case, it's definitely uh, something different. Um, it's just more like always worried for her. Mm-hmm. In this case, yeah. But I've de- definitely like I think all people have like the weird uh, uh, infidelity worries and things like that. But yeah, for sure. It's just uh, yeah, sure. It, how much you linger on it, I guess, where it becomes like an issue yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think any. So I was saying, so you're in. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely have met people who don't have, or say that they don't have it at all. I don't know that they, that that's true, but I've definitely met people who say that they don't have it at all, which is, uh, which is definitely. Any infidelity concerns? <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine. Any I, infidelity I can see concerns, it. I can see any it. sense of jealousy, anything. I can see it uh, because there was one person. I was like that with, and I don't know what the difference was. I don't know like why that was, but I just had this weird thing. Just like, yeah, no, there's no way. Like (laughs) it might've just been like, I might've just been like at the height of my arrogance. It might not even have anything to do with my (laughs) relationship. (laughs) And I was just like, come on, look at me, you know, come on. You're going to cheat on this. Get the hell out of here. Like, (laughs) God. So, I, think I, <laughs> I don't even want to say yeah the relationship was so great like maybe it was but it could have easily just been like ego <laughs> and now i'm just older all. and wiser and realize maybe i'm not all that like 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or just any more because you're doing your <laughs> or any more. It now. could just be that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I never had I never had that feeling out and out. But there was definitely like a, um, I think maybe one or two relationships where maybe I didn't care if they cheated on me. Sure, um, sure. And there, I didn't really have the infidelity kind of thoughts because uh, I, it wouldn't have mattered to me if they did, I guess. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have stayed with them if they did, but I also, like, for, for whatever reason, wouldn't have been jealous. And it probably was mm -hmm. because I, didn't, I wasn't into them that much, you know? And then uh, you kind of find someone that you're really into, and it's like, well, fuck, I think she's hot, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody else does. <laughs> That's a factor. And then just, of course, like, your relationship boundaries yeah. and discussions of like you know what is the relationship and what are the rules of and all that like so sometimes if you know in the beginning hey we're all kind of doing our own thing here then it's like less less of an issue yeah <laughs> like okay yeah. in other words she and he and they can all be doing with whatever with whoever but you, yeah you've established yeah. that up front and then it's yep. fine whereas it, yeah. the thing, when things are like behind your back it's always, always like a totally different story it's almost like yeah. anything's permissible if it's you know, discussed and out and open, yeah, but when it's behind yeah. your back, it's like, you know, a, a travesty. Yeah. Yeah. I am definitely not, um, a polyamory person. I'm definitely not a person who can see more than one person at once. That is not my skis at all. Um, that I respect it, you know, and I come, I've come across people through mm -hmm. my work in the past who, um, have been poly and, you know, sort of like, good for you, God bless and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. that definitely was never a direction that I could go just because, um, you know, days are too short. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I you said like, that days are too short. Days are too short. <laughs> days are too short. Too the short. relationships are too complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I definitely have a polyamory minded mind. Uh, yeah. The first time I really have to put the, I've never had, had the experience, but I've always had that kind of mind. The first yeah. time, once again, the current relationship, I had to put the brakes on even thinking about that was this relationship because yeah. I always looked at it like this, like it, it has to be a two-way street. In other words, so yeah. if I'm out doing my thing, is I can't just be just me. But this is the yeah. first time where I'm just like, no, no, you can't be out doing your thing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, so if she can't be out, then I, I can't be out either then. So there you go. Yeah. Bye, bye, polyamory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm being, I'm being too yeah. possessive. So there, there it goes. Yes. Like, <laughs> that experiment instantly just failed. <laughs> that is so funny. That's really funny. Oh my God. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. What I do is I just try to make myself so much of a handful. You know what I mean? Like that they couldn't yeah. possibly, you know, fit anyone else into their life because like I've got heat. You know what I mean? If I if I if I wear them out sexually enough, you know <laughs> like to the point where they're at work and they just can't even concentrate. That's what I know. That's like, the zone I want to be in all the time. <laughs> Oh it my still God. work because then they'll just have somebody else for some other kind of non-sexual support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That'll be exactly the way it goes, you know. Like some but, people, uh, some people just need multiple people. Yeah, like well, yeah. this one's my sex partner, and this one's like my pseudo therapist, and this one makes me dinner. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of us have have some version of that with like yeah. friends. That this is my friend that I talk with. This, this is the people that I work with. This of is course. the whatever that you know. But uh, but we rarely think of it in terms of like all our spouses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god.
Cool. All right, man. Well, look, we've been talking, by the way, for an hour and 22 minutes, uh, <laughs> which is a pretty awesome amount of time. So I just want to know, like, so on one hand, you know, we began this conversation. You were, you were basically saying that in some ways, you know, you're as bad as you've ever been. All the physical pain is still there and a lot of the emotional pain is still there. And obviously talking through it, like, you know, you hear kind of all of it and uh, just the way you express it. But at the same time, on the other end, you know, you're sleeping less right now because of, for whatever reason, but at the same time, you haven't had a suicidal thought in 2020, which is crazy. Cause that's a long ass amount of time and you're in this really healthy relationship. So, I mean, where do you put yourself right now? Like if you, I don't know where to give yourself a grade or something. I don't even know if that's possible, but. Uh, I definitely wouldn't use a grade, but I definitely feel like this is uh, probably the most progress I've made in a short period of time when it comes to that thing, when it comes to, uh, you know, dealing with depression, anxiety. Yeah. 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 God, does it feel like it's more of a struggle because of that? Or do you, or is it like kind of going fast and quick? You know, sometimes you just like take all these progressive steps really quick and it's almost just momentum. Other times you're really just slogging through the mud, you know? Uh, depends on the day. It depends on the day. Sometimes it's going so fast yeah. that you don't realize you make progress until you look back. Yeah. A lot of times, and like a lot of times I feel like I made no progress in, in the moment because things are still hard sometimes. But then you look yeah. back and you're like, oh no, actually, I have uh, actually made a lot of progress if I look at where I was, you know, three months and then six months before that or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, you know, Samba progress, right? It's, you know, on, when you look at it just in the day to day, it's like three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. And a lot of times you really fucking feel those two steps back. And a lot of times mm -hmm. you go two steps forward, 10 steps back. But if there's still, you know, forward progress basically happening, then, right. um, then you can, maybe the stock market is a better, uh, better analogy. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, no. Fuck that shit. It is not a better analogy. Let's stick with the Samba. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're an hour and a half in, and uh, um, I forgot to tell everybody that you do laugh like a villain. <laughs> he just thinks it's funny. That's hilarious. But he's also coming up with a plan and said, uh, you know. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of in this. I mean, I'm if I think back to you know a few years ago, I'm much better than where I was. If I think back to you know moments, um, you know, a little bit ago, I can I think I can point to times to where I'm better than where I am now. Um, but at the same time, I I did just you know pretty recently have a big breakthrough in therapy in terms of you know, thinking through like anger issues and stuff like that. Um, I don't need to get into detail here because I talk about that in the last podcast, but uh, um, but I, I do find that that breakthrough was like kind of like an immediate aha moment mm -hmm. followed by pretty significant confusion about it, followed by another aha moment, followed by kind of like slogging along in the mud to like, like just inch my yes. way to some progress followed by like suddenly a lot more progress and then just kind of diving back in the mud again. Does that make sense? Like it's, it makes, it really sense. is. Just, it makes total sense. Yeah. 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 So there's just, I mean, it's, there's no stop to it. Right. I mean, it's like, that's just it. Like, yeah, this is I mean, like, um, until you can completely, <laughs> it's like, be your a hundred percent true self, which I don't think the yeah. world really lets you be. 
right? No. In our case, no. you can't really no, no, be. No. And uh, no. in some cases, it's it might be dangerous to you without yeah. getting into details. Yeah. Um, you're always yeah. going to have, we are always going to have some sort of like neuroses as, as a result of that because you're always holding something back and it needs yeah. to come out. So it's going to express itself some kind of way. I'm telling you, man. That, yeah, there are times when I when I think about that fact and, you know, you hop on that uh, suicide scale, right? Like pretty quick. Like you can definitely be like, well, fuck, um, thinking about that. But then other times where I'm just like, you know what, like, I'm, you know, a badass motherfucker for dealing with this stuff. And also, you know, it kind of makes me more interesting, you know, (laughs) when was the last time you found an artist who didn't have pain, who was like actually interesting to people? How does, uh, yeah, you need, uh, speaking of artists, I was about to say, you need some, need to do something creative. Like, yeah. uh, always creating something new i feel like uh whatever it is is always going to bring you uh more forward progress than you know digging up any dirt of the past and like kind of you know, put us in the spot yeah yeah for that sure helps that always helps yeah no i agree it makes no I, sense know. in the moment yeah i agree i agree this the podcast process kind of feels a little bit like that to me that um, makes total sense yeah. Yeah. And I've I've been doing a journaling on my own, a little bit of journaling on my own. I was journaling like a madman uh for a mm-hmm. few weeks there where I just like, you know, started typing and next thing I know I was like fifty thousand words into a journal that I'll never share with anybody. Yeah. Um but uh I found that to be really helpful. Um but uh I don't have the same, you know, you've got this great outlet with the art that you do. Um I don't have the same kind of outlet like that. Um, that you do, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be yeah, nice. I to used to be, I used to be a, a real big journaler. That is helpful. I know. I know. I know. How, uh, how, how does your, uh, uh, well, how much does your family know about what you've been through and, uh, from what they know, how, how have they been handling it? I'll put how it to you like this. It? I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing this podcast with everybody. Not yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely sharing things here that I haven't exactly shared with them. They have a general idea, but never have I like sat down with my mom and been like, yeah, I took a fork to my inner thigh. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't done that. And in a weird way, you know, when I first, you know, ended, um, the marriage and moved on, there was a lot of there was a lot of initial kind of conversation of like, oh, like we knew that something, you know, we knew that like you were unhappy. We knew that, the, but we couldn't say anything because of this, this and that, you know? Right. And so right. initially there was like a, there was like a rush of conversation with family about like, about that kind of stuff. And, you know, we saw you were unhappy, but we couldn't, you know, it was sort of like that kind of thing. Sure. And then, with some in my family, like I have one sister who's a cancer survivor. And um, so because of that, you know, she, she just kind of gets it and depression and anxiety and cancer, they have a lot in common, you know, it sort of never goes away. You become, I don't know, there's, there's different ways that people react to it or whatever. And people tiptoe around it and all this stuff. And uh, so I was really able to talk with her about mm. some of the things because she, she just had a, a real built-in understanding to that stuff. Um, but uh, outside of that, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really share it. What about you? Yeah. Um, it's weird. You can, 
my family really only knew the one incident, the one that put me in the hospital. That's when it all became real. Before yeah. that, it was like everyone kept thinking, oh, this is quote unquote in your head, which is kind of like a weird yeah. thing to say. It's like, well, yeah, it's psychology. So yes, it's in your head. But like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that aside, but after that, they don't really know how to handle it. There's not much discussion about it. And uh, I don't bring it up too much either, except that, uh, you know, certain events I just stay away from because I know now that my anxiety, like I'm putting myself in a bad spot. Like, yeah. Um, like I'm not yeah. too good with uh, certain kinds of crowds and, uh, and especially not for too long of a time, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So other than that, it doesn't come up too, too much. And it's weird. It's like, you can talk about these things like in the abstract. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's easy to say, oh, this happened in the past and I got over it. People talk mm -hmm. about that all day, right? That's like a conversation mm -hmm. you can have. But, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going through this right now. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. And they want the answer to be really simple. Oh, you just got to do this. You just got to do that. And you'll right, be fine. Right, or whatever. Right. It's like, you're not fucking, you're not getting it. You're not getting yeah, it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the um I I was in New York over the summer in New York City and um uh had a dinner with like a bunch of folks from my family. And um just kind of got to talking about, you know, life in San Diego and what it's like and everything else and you know, I mentioned that like I'm a little short on friends out here. You know what I mean? Like my most of my crew is in New York, the family is in New York. Uh, walked away from the rabbinate, so walked away from basically all my friends from the time when I was a rabbi, you know. And um, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I need to make friends out here and all this stuff. And so, uh, you know, I'm just sharing with my relatives, like, yeah, you know, I think I'm a little short on friends, but, you know, I want to kind of work on that, whatever. And then they all, like, immediately started trying to solve the problem for me. You should join this. Join the meetup group. Right, just, like, right. Go to this thing. Go to that thing or whatever. And it was all really well intentioned, but I had an anxiety attack, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally and get I, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just started fucking totally crying right there at the that. table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, broke, broke it down right there in front of them and everything. And like, um, and then they were like, "Oh my god, do you want to talk about something else?" And I was like, "Can we get back to Trump, please?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, seriously, yeah, anything yeah. external. <laughs> <laughs> anything but that you know yeah. but uh but so yeah. that they kind of got caught a glimpse of it in that moment you know and they all kind of reacted in this really different kind of interesting way off of that right, right but otherwise i don't really share it you know but they did see it then yeah um, <laughs> that's but, interesting uh, man yeah yeah because a lot of times they people oh, just man. don't see it they'll just keep going <laughs> yeah 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 because it's not like it's that's i think that's what happens when the depression, like when, when you're suffering from a thing where the word means something else that everyone gets and it's not actually the disease, you know, cause like you're supposed yeah. to feel anxiety at certain times, but that's the difference between like feeling anxiety and having capital A anxiety or being depressed and having capital D depression. You know, it's like, those are two really, really different things. You know, yeah, it's like not so, an event. It's a state of total being, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's an illness. You feel it in your brain and your body and everything else. And so anyway, but, uh, I'm really, I mean, I think it's probably been, when was the last time you and I like talk, talked? It's been a while, uh, man. It's been ages. Yeah. Uh, over a year. I think. <laughs> yeah. Definitely over a year. Definitely over a year for sure. Probably longer too. I can't do the math really, but probably longer than a year, but it's always so good to connect with you and, you know, always, it'd be always. great to keep. Yeah. It'd be great to keep talking right now, especially since, 
you might need another rabbi to, to do a wedding for you at some point. In the yeah. <laughs> I'll do it again. I think this one will be happier. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, in any case. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to, you want to bring out as part of this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, and, and I managed to do it without uh, blowing up anybody's spot. <laughs> it would have been mine it would have been mine get a bone up my spot um well look at i mean i you and i have known each other for a really long time and uh you know i i would describe you more as a brother than a than a friend for sure um no doubt. you know just because um of our relationship and your relationship with my family and everything else so you know i i love you uh um a whole a whole lot and I'm really glad to hear that, you know, you're doing a lot better right now. And I'm really sorry about the continued pain. But at the same time, you know, I'm not at all surprised that you handle it with the same kind of badassery that you've handled everything else in your life. So um, I've definitely, you know, like, we've always been on the level with each other. But you also know that I've looked up to you like a lot over the years of our friendship. And it's pretty inspiring to hear like, just how you figure how do you figure shit out. And, uh, yeah, I'll take a relationship like that, man. So you know, say, <laughs> I'll, say I'll keep prayer. my uh, eyes and ears open for you. That sounds good, but she's got to live here in San Diego. Oh, that might complicate well, things. It's probably going to complicate things. <laughs> hey, if the world ends, if the world ends, like for real, we're going to have to meet up and like, you grab your people, I'll grab my people and we'll meet in Kansas. Does that make Kansas. sense? No, it's in the middle. Sense. But but either way, we can't we can't put it out on the air where we're meeting anyway. So yeah, Kansas. Wink, wink. <laughs> I totally was thinking where we're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> totally look for Andre in Kansas. He loves Kansas. Did you get that? Kansas, everybody. All right, everybody. Right next, right next to the barn. <laughs> the barn in Kansas. The barn. So there you, you have it, the folks. one. <laughs> Next time, uh, if the world ends and you've heard this podcast and you feel like hanging out with us, we'll be in Kansas. <laughs> you can bank on that. <laughs> good, good talking to you, man. Good talking to you, man. Let's not wait another year. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Hell no.